everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key podcast, where we talk about music, both new and old. I'm your host, Mac. Today, I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett. Hello. And Jake. What's up? And today, we are talking about the 2021 collaborative album from Floating Points, Pharaoh Sanders, and the London Symphony Orchestra, Promises. Quite an album, to say the least. Not so much an album as it is a piece. Yeah, so it is one piece. So I picked this album, and the reason I picked this album is because it was actually my 2021 album of the year. Now, what inspired me to talk about it recently was Spectrum Pulse actually did a retrospective of the album pretty recently at the time of this recording. I thought he had some interesting thoughts, and I kind of wanted to give my take and see what James and Garrett thought. This is a very odd collaboration. Pharaoh Sanders is a jazz legend living jazz legend there is no other way to put it i genuinely think pharaoh is one of the greatest sax players of all time a student of john coltrane himself yes he was john coltrane's protege and played in various coltrane backing bands throughout the 1960s and a lot of coltrane's late work like um ascension i don't think he was on a love supreme but he was in many of the backing bands expressions killer student of the tenor sax to say the least for a little background on sanders he's known for his use of overblowing technique and you'll definitely hear that on this album harmonic and multiphonic techniques as well as his use of the sheets of sound style now when we say that pharaoh sanders is a protege of coltrane this is where a lot of that influence comes in so sheets of sound style is an improvisational style invented by john coltrane while playing with Thelonious Monk in the late 1950s that is characterized by extremely dense improvisational pattern lines consisting of high-speed arpeggios and scale patterns played in rapid succession with hundreds of notes playing from lowest to highest registers. That is the Coltrane signature as well. I mean, he'll go on these long, crazy runs going up and down scales for minutes at a time. I'd see Pharaoh Sanders' work as kind of a continuation of the more spiritual and abstract stuff that john coltrane was doing at the end of his career if you have not listened to jazz legend john coltrane please do do yourself a favor especially before you listen to this i would say just jazz in general a good background on coltrane and miles davis and thelonious monk before you head into this piece here which is much more of an abstract piece of music funny that you say that because i have not listened to john coltrane i know at all and I, I'll try my hardest not to judge you for it. I'll judge you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Coltrane, jazz, saxophone, legend. In my opinion, he has some of the greatest jazz albums of all time under his belt. Master of his craft. And it is a tragedy that he died so young. Dang. <laughs> now, he did have a, quite a few albums, though, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Coltrane had like 30-plus releases. A lot of live albums, a lot of uh, studio releases. Very prolific guy during his short time on this earth. Same with Pharaoh Sanders. I mean, he's got 30 plus. He played with Coltrane for years. He's worked with McCoy Tyner, Sun Ra, Ornette Coleman, even Coltrane's wife, Alice Coltrane. But yes, uh, one of his most notable appearances is actually on Alice Coltrane's Journey in Satcha Denondaland. And I'm sorry if I butchered that. Great album. I'd say Pharaoh Sanders' contributions to jazz are more of his free jazz his avant-garde jazz he's the figurehead of spiritual jazz but yeah he's worked with some of the greatest jazz musicians that have ever lived 
How old is he now? 80 years old. Now, that's how old he was when he recorded Promises. I just have to say right off the bat, the fact that he's still pushing himself at this late of a stage in his career is unbelievable. Mind-blowing. So, Sam Shepard, a.k.a. Floating Points, is an English electronic musician, DJ, and producer, and composer. He is the founder of Pluto Records and the co-founder of Eglo Records, as well as the leader of a music group called the Floating Points Ensemble. So, Shepard got his start as a DJ at the Plastic People Club in London during the early 2000s, and eventually he started releasing music under the moniker Floating Points, starting in 2008. He released a string of singles and EPs, and started gaining popularity in 2015 with his debut, Alania. Shepard would go on to release a soundtrack entitled Reflections, Mojave Desert, in 2017, and Crush in 2019. Promises, kind of how this came about, it's very interesting. So, Pharaoh Sanders heard Alania back when it came out in 2015, and he was really impressed with it. I don't know how he heard it, didn't really find the information on that, but eventually he convinced Sam Shepard, or floating points to come to lunch with him. You know, this guy who's 40 years his junior, he's just like, hey man, you know, jazz legend just casually like, hey man, you want to go lunch? <laughs> like, I can only imagine Sam Shepard's reaction. What? To just, <laughs> oh, one of the greatest jazz players of all time wants to have lunch with me. What's going on? I can't even imagine the amount of pressure that he felt. I don't even know how I'd react in that situation. So over lunch, Pharaoh Sanders actually convinced Shepard to do a collaborative project with him. And that's how Promises was born. Now, London Symphony Orchestra is also credited on this album, but their main contribution was not creative. It was just the strings. You know, London Symphony Orchestra, they're legendary in their own right, but we're not going to get into them too much on this episode. Think the sound of Star Wars and Jurassic Park. You've heard them. Yeah, John Williams has used this orchestra several times. Among many others, I mean, they've this orchestra has collaborated with countless musicians and movie makers and score writers. You know, it's a prolific orchestra, one of the best in the world. Notable, but not creatively. So that's why we're not brushing over them too much here. Moving into Promises. Promises is actually Sanders' first studio release in almost two decades. He came out of retirement to work with this guy. That album must have really made an impression on him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Eleni is great. I've heard it. It's very interesting. Uh, and Floating Points himself, he's a really creative force in electronic music right now. I mean, he's spanned sounds from IDM, you know, electronic, dance music, ambient work, and, you know, some classical compositions, too. So it's kind of easy to see why Sanders would take a liking to Shepard. It's really no wonder to me. Yeah, they're in different genres, both jazz, especially avant-garde jazz and free jazz, they have a lot of similarities with the kind of ambient, like avant-garde electronic music. Well, yeah, so Promises was released on March 26th, 2021 via Luaka Bop. So the interesting thing about Luaka Bop is it's actually founded by Talking Heads lead David Byrne. Originally, the reason he created the label was because he began creating cassettes of his favorite Tropicalia tracks for his friends, and it became a full-fledged record label in 1988 after Byrne received a solo artist deal from Warner Bros. Now, I know there's a lot of background information here, but there is a lot of context to this album, and I thought it was important that you as the listener get that. 
to understand why I think this collaboration is so important and so amazing. For the recording of Promises, Shepard was actually responsible for the entire composition as well as the various electronic and non-electronic instruments used in this recording. Sanders was on saxophone, obviously, and the London Symphony Orchestra recorded the strings at Air Studios in London during the summer of 2020. The orchestra included violins, cellos, violas, and double basses. Now, when we're talking about this album, it's kind of hard to break it down. On streaming services, it's split up into nine movements, and they're pretty distinct for the most part, but really this is meant to be taken as one whole piece. If I were to put a label on this album, I would call it ambient with flavors of jazz and classical. It's definitely a record that you sit down when it's quiet and you listen to it all the way through. With headphones on. Eyes closed. I think that is the best way to experience this album. I mean, you can listen to it in the car or whatever, but I think to truly get the full experience. And that's how I did it. It's weird because for me, you really need great headphones, but I cannot sit down or lay down and listen to really... Ambient music just... That just will just soothe me to sleep, and it's very hard when trying to like stay awake when there's all these textures and gentle soundscapes. So I can't really listen to it like that. Yeah, nighttime just, drive is very, very perfect atmosphere oh yeah. for this. And that's not to say that you can't listen to it any way you want. I mean, you can, but I just feel like to truly get a comprehensive and fully appreciative experience of the album, you need to listen to it in an intimate space with headphones because you know this is a sprawling lengthy piece i mean it's 46 minutes and there are a lot of textures there's a lot of details there are several moments where there is a lot of open space where Mm -hmm. it feels very floaty a lot of movement as well one of the biggest strengths of this album is the level of intimacy in the atmosphere it creates and that's one thing i was going to bring up the way this was recorded and the way it sounds it makes you feel like you're sitting there in the room with them as they record it you can hear everything the breaths before he plays in the saxophone the the sound of his fingers hitting the saxophone like the the valve things that block off the air you can hear the pianist depressing the pedals on the piano everything yeah even like chairs creaking floors creaking it it does an amazing job of establishing an intimate space. I like that to a certain extent, but man, I don't. I do not want to hear breathiness, breathing, and like mouth sounds and stuff in my recording. I mean, you already know how I, I know that. I know. Me to some extent, but I think it worked here. Yeah, I feel like most of it is the sounds of like the actual instruments before getting played, and there's not a lot of human sounds yeah. being made. I mean, you're not gonna hear like the ambient like fart or the stomp or anything, <laughs> or anything like that. I think they do a good job here of making it less annoying, or not making it annoying and adding to. The atmosphere. One thing, if you listen to this album, you're going to notice right away, there is one major motif. And this motif is the backbone of the entire album. It's played almost throughout the entire piece. Yeah, it's this little seven note run. I believe it's played on a harp. Multiple instruments, really. The core motif is that harp. Those yeah. seven notes over and over again. The And let me tell you, if you don't like that motif, you will not like this album. Doesn't it end in like movement seven or eight? Like yeah. The it, end of seven. It, I believe it ends in movement seven because movements eight and nine are kind of like the cool down phase. It comes back a little bit. You'll hear it very quietly at some points on different instruments, but it really ends at movement seven. 
coming from my love of bands that take motifs and that will repeat them, especially in previous songs. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, the motif, but it's a little much. They could have scaled it back just a little bit. Like, let's bring it down. It, it needs comes, to go down to about maybe 70%. It comes in about every nine seconds, and it sticks to that rule throughout. It actually is very important here because that seven-note run, that's what's building the tension mm-hmm. throughout the album. I don't know about you, but when I heard that, I started hearing this. I started getting the sense of anticipation as I was listening, and then the tension on this album just kept building and building and building. And I kept getting reminded of it because of this seven note motif. So one big thing that I will disagree with you on, on this album on is that I do feel it builds up, but I don't feel like it builds up near as much tension as it really needs to. The payoff is bigger than the buildup. I think the buildup is actually kind of weak. And when I hear that, I don't really think of any kind of buildup or anticipation. I really get this, this sense of just, emptiness this glittery emptiness you know the scents come in i mean it just feels like you're going through like a place you're going through either a town at dusk or you're going through an empty building or something there's just like a surreal like this surrealness about it it's really quite ethereal otherworldly yeah and pharaoh sanders his performance on here is absolutely incredible unbelievable he does a wonderful job almost perfect job at complementing the sounds and the textures, the lushness of this album very well. Sanders never feels constrained to the motif. He accents it perfectly. One of my main criticisms of this album is I wish there was a little more of Sanders. I was about to say that. The biggest Mm -hmm. point is I feel like I had to check, and then he comes in like, a minute or two to save some of these movements. And I'm just thinking the whole time, I'm like, man, this is not really, yeah, I get the textures are good, but I mean, they're not dynamic enough to do anything. I'm like, wow, this movement is kind of, and then he'll come in. I'm just like, you saved like this part. Pharaoh comes in like right when you're like dozing off and then Pharaoh comes in and you just wake back up. It's kind of how that is. And I need more Pharaoh Sanders on this album. I need quite a bit more until the later half where the strings come in. Then you get that kind of nice, dynamicism that this piece really needs but the beginning of the piece that the motif and sanders carry these tracks hard see that's where i'm gonna split off of your opinion i actually think the build-up here is pointed and intentional i do think it does meander a little too much here and there i wanted more sanders but i think sanders chose the right times to come in for the most part you know that description you were talking about earlier you know you were about to fall asleep and then sanders pops in it wakes you up i think that was wholly intentional The pacing of this album could use a little work. I do agree, but I just cannot deny the building tension that hearing the seven, the seven note run over and over and over again builds. It's like, where is this going? What's coming next? What's going on? And you keep getting hints and pieces of that, you know, when Sanders comes in and then the motif starts to vary up a little bit. I will say, I do think movements, I believe it's four and five bleed into each other a little bit. I do agree with you there, but... I think for the most part, the tension, it's tantalizing. The whole time I'm listening to this album, I'm thinking, where's this going next? Man, I feel almost the opposite listening to this album. Instead of like the buildup and I'm like on edge, it's very, it was very relaxing to me. I just kind of got lost in it and I wasn't really paying attention to any kind of like build up. Like, to me, the whole buildup is very underwhelming. Not like very, very underwhelming, but it was underwhelming. I kind of want to digress a little more and I'll, I'll get back to you. I, I see your point. I think the tension works because 
it puts you in this really contemplative, meditative state. You know, when I was listening to this album, I was thinking about a wide range of things. I was thinking about my life and the decisions I was making. It feels very spiritual in a non-specific way. You can attach your own meaning to it. And that's where I feel like a lot of the tension for me came from. Because it's so contemplated, because there's a lot of space, it gives you time to think. And while you're absorbed in your thoughts... You know, that motif, it keeps playing, it keeps building and building and building, and Pharaoh Sanders comes in and accents it. Floating points or Shepard will bring in little electronic riffs and embellishments. You just get this anticipation, and it's not a bad anticipation. It's not like an intense anticipation. It's like, while I'm floating in this otherworldly plane, where am I going? What happens next? It's really bigger than the sum of its parts the moving parts of this album i'm not impressed at all but the overall like feelings and emotions that it gives were not only surprising but very interesting and unique and all of those words that i could throw out there it's very dreamlike dreamlike extraterrestrial almost Mm -hmm. alien in a lot of ways especially when you get to the seventh and eighth movements when pharaoh sanders comes in and you hear those bouncy synths it almost feels like sanders is being picked up by these glowing spirits and like being pulled away into another plane. It's crazy. Now, you know, and both of you guys know going into this, because if it's jazz related, you know that I'm going to differ with you guys' opinion on it mm-hmm. somewhat. And so before I get the angry mob after me, I'm just going <laughs> to preface this by saying like this. I'm going to say what my overall outcome of this album is. I feel overall positive. I am really glad that I listened to this album. I feel like this album enriched my musical life, but I'm probably not going to return to this album. It is overall not for me, but I'm very glad I did it. That is fair. I think it is worth experiencing, and it's not an album that I come back to often because of how potent it is, how emotionally stirring and meditative it is. I will probably come back to this, but I wouldn't even say that this is a once a month album. This is more like maybe once Once a year. year. It's an experience to say the least. And I think any level of music listener would benefit from listening to this album. I agree. James, you've been kind of quiet here. What are your general thoughts? Overall, I think it's wonderful. Like you were saying, it's very spiritual and meditative. That's what I got from it. Yeah, it does feel like floaty and extraterrestrial, but it also feels... It stirs something inside you. It's not only extraterrestrial, it's introspective as well. It forces you, like you were saying earlier, to think about your life and think about all the things that are going on around you and the things that are going on within you as well. And that's what it got me to do. And that's why I think the buildup here works so well. The intimacy, you know, these little ambient details like we were talking about earlier, it it brings you into this meditative headspace. And I don't think it works. Like you were saying, if you're not in that headspace, Garrett, it doesn't work. I actually agree with you there because if you aren't enveloped in the sounds and the textures and the ambience that is present in the buildup, the payoff does not feel as sweet. The thing that I love about the payoff in this album, the movement six is like when you're listening to this, when you're coming and you're listening and you're going through your mind and thinking about all your experiences and your issues and, you know, kind of in this meditative, contemplative state, movement six feels like an epiphany. It feels like whatever issue you're thinking about, whatever problem you're going through, it sounds like you found a solution or you found peace. I would say it's more on the you found peace side. 
I mean, you, you came to terms with whatever you're struggling with. That's my interpretation personally. And I think because of the spiritual nature of this, everyone is going to experience this differently. Yeah, because you guys are giving all these like ideas to this album. To me, it's just, I can't describe it. I really can't. You were fighting with You didn't let it in. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I really didn't let it in, like I said, if I didn't get like anything in this album, this album is not going to get a good score. This album really just fights all the conventions of how we go about describing and like giving our thoughts about albums in general. It bucks all those trends. In fact, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't give this a ranking at all. Like you said, it's more of an experience than it is an album. You can't really put boxes on this kind of stuff. You know, you can't really talk about it like you can the production or like the styles being used or, you know, what kind, how many guitars are in, what kind of riffs are they doing. And it's honestly perfectly fitting for ambient music. I feel like the ambient music is trying to do this and... Some of them do, some of them don't. When you look at it on the surface, you're like, oh, it's just slow, it's just textured, you know, there's really just... Moody. Yeah, not going on, but when it works and it's doing what it's trying to achieve, it's indescribable. In order for the payoff of this album to work, you need that time and space, that atmosphere, that time for you to fill in the blanks for yourself. The reason I think this album is so powerful is because of that reason, because of its meditative nature. There aren't many albums in my short life that have done that to me. I mean, I've looked it up and there have been comparisons made. This isn't like the first album of its kind. Um, a lot of people have compared this to Ornette Coleman's Skies of America, as well as uh, Alice Coltrane's Lord of Lords. In the modern age, it stands alone. It's unmistakable. There's really nothing else like this out right now one of the most standout pieces i've heard so far in this decade now this is where my biggest criticism lies is the lack of pharaoh sanders i think he was used well but he basically disappears after his crazy solo in movement seven i do think that movements eight and nine meander a little too long not super long i think after the payoff that is movement six and seven you need that cooldown. I yeah. feel like the intention here with uh, Shepard and Sanders is they wanted to ease you out of the album, ease you out of this deeply meditative and spiritual state and experience and kind of reflect. But I do feel that movement eight lasts a little too long. It's like eight minutes. It's actually one of the longest movements. I think there's a little too much space. It kind of teases an ending at the end of it too. Oh, it teases like four endings, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, well, especially at the end of movement eight, it just goes silent. Well, and you think it's over. Yeah, and then moving nine starts. There's another like little swell and some sounds, and then, then it fades out, and then it's silence for the last, what, 20 seconds or so? I do think the ending could have used a little trimming, not too much, but that was one of the biggest complaints I had. I was like, so is this it? Is this over? And there were like four false endings. Wait, what do you got for me? <laughs> like, do it. Do it. I'm already here. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, Garrett. I really do, because honestly, I don't think everyone is going to connect with this album. And I do agree, James, that everyone is going to have a different experience with it. But I think that is why this album is so special. You guys are you're kind of going about this like it's a very unique feeling you got from this album in particular is a unique phenomenon. But making it feel you know, feelings like without words 
Yeah, I've experienced it before. I'm not saying it's like revolutionary or anything. It's definitely in the landscape of great ambient music, amazing ambient music. I mean, I'd put it up there with like Tim Hecker and Brian Eno levels of ambient music. It's just such a enigmatic piece in the genre. You can compare this to the likes of his contemporaries, Trent Reznor with his Ghost series, Tim Hecker, you know, with Virgins. I mean, that is an ambient classic. Uh, Brian Eno... I think ambient is at its best when it puts you in that headspace that I'm talking about, where you start filling in the blanks. You start thinking about your life in a certain way or whatever mood or atmosphere you get enveloped in by the ambient music. That is what makes great ambient music. And I think that's what Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders have accomplished here. Ambient music with jazz and classical flavors. So to your point, I I agree, Garrett. So did you guys have any final comments before we get into our thoughts? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say is I think that the biggest and my favorite part of actual like tension building is the strings. I think the strings here were very well composed and they were a, a great needed addition to this piece. And London Symphony Orchestra did very well. Actually, yeah, we didn't really mention this, but the string buildup between like movements four, five, five and, and six. Yeah, four, five and six. Unbelievable. Six being the climax. Yeah, six is the true climax of the album, but you're definitely right there, Garrett. The the strings add so much life and lushness to this piece. I think that if they weren't there, this album would not be as good. The shimmering mm-hmm. from the strings, it almost yep. sounds like they're about to break. You're like, how are they playing this? Like, are they using an ebo? Like, without watching it, some of the stuff that's going on, you're just like, what do? And I just have to give props to Floating Points amazing composer i mean he composed this whole thing uh with the help of sanders how he composes strings reminds me a lot of uh johnny greenwood when he composed strings very like wall of sound very kind of like you know making soundscapes just symphonic it's it's to the point that it like drowns out the mix almost because they're just so full and just so loud especially moving six so intense too and the thing about Movement 6 that I just love, the climax, is that the tension from the strings, it just keeps going and keeps going. And it's like, come on, release. When are you going to get there? It's just tantalizing. When it finally crescendos, it, it just Giganut. brings out so many emotions in me. Goosebump City. I'll be real with you guys. This album brought me to tears the first time I heard it. I think it was that powerful. I guess we'll go ahead and get into our overall thoughts here. Garrett, I'll let you start. Can I preface this by saying, do I have to give a final score? I almost think that this album is beyond our typical score value rating system. It is more than the sum of its parts. I would be more than happy with this being the only project that does not get a score from me. I think it is that ethereal. It is that unique and enigmatic as you said, that I just don't know. I've been debating since the first note caressed my ear, and I don't think I can do it. It enriched my life musically, but I probably will not revisit it. I think that is fair. Uh, Would you recommend it? If I saw in their playlist that they listened to some, I don't know, some Coltrane, and they listened to, like, some Ambient, I would. I would not recommend this if that person didn't listen to either. I'm surprised that this album took such a turn for you. I mean, I liked it, but I I did not like as much as you two. 
I think that this piece really transcends genres. Not only is it hard to describe, but I totally understand where you're coming from, Garrett. It's hard to rate. This piece really is all about how it makes you feel, and that's going to be different for every person. It was a very spiritual, introspective, and even humbling experience. I might not return to this often. Like I said earlier, maybe once a year. It's absolutely wonderful. I am glad to have listened to it. It is more than worth the time. I very much agree with Garrett here on this. I would highly recommend this to people that enjoy jazz and ambient music, experimental music, and anything like that. But for a mainstream listener, like pop or just rock or whatever, if they're open to expanding their horizons, I would encourage them to do so. Maybe not this immediately, but kind of push them into jazz and then push them towards this. If you're set on just enjoying fun, popular music, stuff like that, you probably would not enjoy this that much. For me, it gets a 9 out of 10. Well said, James. So, I was the one who picked this album, and it's for a very, very specific reason. I'll go ahead and get into my thoughts, but then I'll explain it. So, Promises is a delicate, meditative, and deeply spiritual piece that'll make you feel as if you're floating aimlessly through an otherworldly plane while contemplating your life experiences. The piece is reflective and spiritual in nature, but not in a specific way that allows the listener to attach their own meanings to this beautiful, sprawling experience. This unlikely collaboration has produced one of the most moving, emotionally potent, and powerful pieces of the 2020s and a late career opus from one of the only remaining living legends in the jazz landscape. It is truly mind-blowing that at 80 years old, Pharaoh Sanders is still pushing himself to these heights. It's clear to me that Floating Points is more than just an electronic producer and a DJ, but a masterful composer. I believe that this will go down as a landmark in Shepard's career, as well as one of the most memorable collaborations of the decade. I know that's early to say, but this left a major, major, major impression on me. Lasting impression. I mean, I've listened to this album maybe four times total, and I have thought about it constantly. Promises, I think this is truly a masterpiece and one of my personal favorites of the 2020s so far. We'll see how it holds up by the end of the decade, but I have a feeling it will be revered as a landmark of modern jazz and ambient in the years to come. The album is an intimate, introspective experience, and one that I highly recommend to any music listener looking to expand their horizons or just have a wholly special experience in music. If you listen to Promises and you don't feel anything from it, I genuinely don't know what to say to you. So I'm going to give this album a nine and a half out of 10. Well said. With that being said, any final thoughts, guys? All good. All right. Well, this is Off The Key Podcast, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys. For me to even...
Yeah, that I I think that motif is super important. Because like if you didn't have that, like there's not really a whole lot of like rhythm or like bass going on like long, like not really a whole lot of like a little like professional time. Very very the dynamics are very I mean it does build Hey everybody, Mac here, and I just wanted to give a shout out to LaCrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.